0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris and today I'm just going to add a little exercise to your uh, day and it's called focused hearing. So yesterday you had uh, splatter vision and today we've got focused hearing. So here's how it works. Go outside, close your eyes and focus on what you can hear without the distraction of visual input. Try to identify the location of individual sounds in the background. doesn't matter what they are. Ambulance, someone screaming, I don't know, dog barking, birds twittering. Notice the variety and texture and complexity of the sounds. Then cup your hands around your ears and use them to localise sounds. Just as animals with large ears um, um, alter the shape and direction of their ears to locate sounds. Try putting both hands around one ear and using your hands to focus on the sounds. Move around in your space and use solid objects as sound conductors. For example, when you pass a big tree, put your head down next to it and notice what you can hear. Now, this is really important because we spend a significant amount of our time um, prioritising the visual. But the truth of the matter is, you'll discover more about what people say if you listen to the auditory uh, nature of their speech, the auditory nature of their tone. For example, a person might start whispering like that and you've got to wonder to yourself whether they're telling the truth. Another person might start shouting, which means they've become agitated and they've become Are nervous and they're frightened and intimidated by what's going on, so they got to speak very loud, make sure that you get drowned out. And so, you can start to pick up the nuance of what people feel by this and the and the rate of their speech. For example, when somebody gets really nervous, they start to talk really fast because they think they really want to get as much out as they can when they possibly can before the end of the story becomes. And then, if they get really, uh, they get it all out really quickly, then then it should be right. And then there's other people who try to dictate the pace by slowing down. And there are just one or two people that you may know, David Attenborough being (coughs) one of them, who can do that. So the pace and the rhythm of a person's speech... The depth to which it's coming from their chest, in other words, is it high in their nasal passages, is it deep in their throat? These are audio sensitivities which will tell you just as much, if not more, than a person's uh, body language and their movement. So for this exercise, close your eyes and focus on what you can hear without the distraction of visual input. You can play this with your kids if you like. But I'm going to load you up, and I didn't say this at the start. You might get ticked off with me for doing this, but I'm going to give you a second exercise to do today. This second one is called A Small World. You know, my dad, when he was in his 70s, he ended up going to uh, Disneyland for the first time. And dear old dad uh, had a pretty grief-ridden life. And he lost faith in religion and churches and goodness knows what when his wife died and then his second wife became an alcoholic and his third wife died. And, you know, dear old dad sort of copped it pretty, pretty much between the eyeballs from nature. And um, dad went to Disneyland and, and he got on a boat, a little baby boat, which is mostly for kids. And it, it's, 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 the, um, it's a circuit called It's a Small World After All. And I don't know if you remember the song, it goes something like It's a small world after all It's a small world after all It's a small world after all It's a small, small world Anyway, at Disneyland it took people through Tunnels, and it wasn't exciting, right? There was no thrill in it. There was no adrenaline. All it was was little uh, displays behind glass of um, Pinocchio and cartoon characters that had been created by Disney, and the whole idea was to try and um, give people the perce- the awareness that it's a small world. And the instruments that played the song changed from Japanese to Chinese to um, it's a didgeridoo to whatever it was depending on what part of the circuit my dad went on that ride 25 times in one single day he went on it and he got off and he went to the back of the queue and his his wife Vi who uh, outlived him was the only wife who did um she she just stood in awe of my dad and he was mesmerized and it was kind of like his church Reconnecting. So today's exercise using uh, little sticks or a piece of string, demarcate an area of ground about 300 millimeters by 300 millimeters, 30 centimeters, 30 centimeters. First, so put that on the grass or on the ground somewhere, and first stare at it from a standing position, look, looking down. See if you can note, notice as much as you can about it. Close your eyes, open your eyes again, look again. Close your eyes, open your eyes, look again. Then see what you can remember about it. Then move to a kneeling position and notice the things that you couldn't see from standing. Then finally, lie down on your tummy and imagine yourself as an explorer about, I don't know, five centimetres tall this Lilliputian jungle with animals and insects and chewed blades of grass and the tracks of mice and the buzz of activity. And do this for about 15 minutes, just once in your life. Try this little game and play it with your kids and just pretend you're tiny and you live in this small world. And it's really interesting to observe that Sometimes when we look above and we get a big helicopter view, we miss the detail, we miss the, the, the intricacies and the beauty and the tiny little activity that goes on in life. And there's a great quote that says, small things matter. And mindfulness and living mindful, living consciously, up in the top end of the consciousness cones, means that everything matters. And if we're continually looking at broad brush, like painting the wall with a roller instead of with a fine uh, fine art brush, uh, we, we we sort of miss a lot of life. There are uh, exercises done, and you can Google it, uh, by monks, where they create sand mandalas made of sand, coloured sand. And they spend months and months and months painstakingly dropping almost every grain of sand one by one into this magnificent mandala all across the floor. Ten monks can be working on it. And then finally, when it's finished, they get the Dalai Lama or or the head monk, the Rinpoche from the monastery to come along with a broom and just wipe it away. And I guess what it's kind of like saying, saying is that the small things matter and eventually nothing matters. So, there's two great exercises for you to play today, as well as the practice you're doing in today's 30 day challenge. Enjoy, please, enjoy.